Hello and welcome to the Fully Delighted Podcast. We are from South Mountain Community Church, a multi-site church with five locations in Utah. Each week, we will be hearing from our lead pastor, Paul Roby, and others as we explore what it means to be fully delighted in God and how we help as many people as possible experience this at SMCC. This is the Fully Delighted Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fully Delighted Podcast. My name is Adam and I serve as the Campus Support Team Director here at South Mountain Community Church and uh, just excited uh, to have you here with us today because we are in a a new season and I've uh, been trying something different as I've kept saying um, just really like hearing from from our staff and stuff and so I'm excited to get to that today but before I jump into that this is just your your regular reminder I hope that you guys do this because this is helpful for us and it is free to do go ahead and leave a review and uh, make sure to uh, share this with a friend or make sure that you're subscribed any one of those things is super super helpful for us and uh, it just allows us to, to reach more people. In fact, uh, we're not quite there yet. We're a little bit short of it, but we're at just about 10,000 downloads for this podcast. So uh, I can't wait to reach that milestone and celebrate that with you guys. And uh, it's just, just helpful for us. And we hope that it's helpful for you as well. So today, what we are doing is we're having staff on to uh, just talk about different things. Last week uh, was a great, great episode with Kyle Davis. Uh, if you haven't listened to that one, make sure to go back. Um, think of really interesting topic, and um, I think you guys would like it. Uh, but today with me, I have on the show Beverly Beaker and Zana Leachman on the show with me today. How are you guys doing? Great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. We're excited to be here. Excellent. Now, Beverly, you are at our South Jordan location. Is that right? That's correct. Awesome. And how long have you been there again? I've been on staff. It will be a year in September, and I've been attending the church for about two years since I moved here. Sweet. And moved here from California? I moved here from Southern California. Man, it's, you know, on Sunday mornings when I meet people, it's like a 50-50 shot. If they're like, oh, we're new to the area, I'm like, California? And like, Half the time, that's a yes. It's funny because it's true. Like, there's more California transplants at the South Jordan campus than I've met Utahns. Yeah. Yep. That sounds about right. <laughs> yep. And Zana, uh, you work at our Draper campus. Yes, I do. And you were hired on in the fall, if I recall. Is that right? Actually, it was three months ago. Oh, wow. This week. Okay. Yeah. So, January, <laughs> February? February. Oh my goodness. Wow. I felt like you've been here longer than that. So it feels like it thing. too. <laughs> <laughs> and now you were from Utah, but not recently. I mean, you recently moved back here. Correct. So I was born and raised in Ogden. And then about 10 years ago, my husband and I moved back east and we've been working our way back to Utah ever since. Wow. Now, if you grew up in Ogden, um, I'm going to guess that was it, I mean, moving back here as of recently, was that quite a shock to see how everything's changed? <laughs> yes, it was like an extreme culture shock. Um, when I was a kid, if you drove past Draper, there was nothing there. And yes. now it's like it just continues. The Salt Lake Valley just expanded exponentially. Yeah. It like spilled over into now, you know, Utah County and stuff. It has grown so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And everything that's going on in Lehigh now, I mean, there's just a lot of things happening there. And yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's amazing to see just how much uh, it's grown here i mean if I, I read a statistic because they just did the census in 2020 and by percentage growth utah was the fastest growing state in that decade that doesn't surprise me at all it's nuts <laughs> no you can see all the construction still happening oh yeah i have three houses being built around me right now one right next to us and two across the street and so it's 
constant. <laughs> I have to make a confession when I see all the like construction trucks and bulldozers mm-hmm. and like things. I want to drive one so bad. You want to drive? <laughs> I want to get a summer job because I think it would just be so fun. I don't know. Maybe I've watched too much Gold Rush, but uh, wait, I want to drive appeal- a backhoe. What's appealing about it? Just that it's a big it just, rig? Because it's not anything I would normally do. Like, okay. I don't know yeah. if I still have that child mentality of like uh-huh. a little three-year-old boy going, that's so awesome. It's so giant. I just yeah, want to. Yeah. No, it does look pretty fun. Yeah. I don't, it's funny when people, I told this to somebody last week, so I, my wife thinks it's so dumb that I always bring this up. I used to, in college, for my, one of my college jobs, I used to drive a school bus. Sweet. So, that's kind of like a big rig. That is, except there's too many <laughs> children making noises on that, right? right? Yeah, no, it's, that's it's interesting. It was a good job. But anyway, so you guys both, uh, you guys both work with kids at, at each location. So, um. Uh, basically as as a children's coordinator children's director children's pastor kind of you know those those uh titles for you guys i i, I admit i don't remember which you're uh, xana you're a children's, children's pastor, pastor. Mm-hmm. beverly your title is i think it's a coordinator yeah well you're p- part-time and full-time yeah yes. exactly so um i just wanted to talk a little bit about that um because i think people know that it always exists and they know like it works it's kind of like one of those things that you know, people are just kind of like, yeah, like I know it's there. It, it functions and there's not much to it. Uh, more than that, I know that my kids go to it and that's about the extent of their knowledge. So I thought it'd be interesting to have you guys on and talk more about it. Um, and I know that even Beverly, you work at a, at a school also part-time, which you enjoy. Which school is that again? I work at Mountain Ridge High School and I work in the childcare lab. So I get to teach high schoolers how to take care of babies and preschoolers. Oh boy. That's... Which then carries over to my church job because I try to get the high school and junior high kids to come and serve in our classroom. So once yeah. again, I'm using those skills to help them teach and interact with kids appropriately. Yeah. I mean, I, and I'm kind of going off a little bit here, but, um, a lot of my middle school and high school, actually I did a lot of babysitting. And I think that it was actually like a really good thing, um, to just learn that skill, even though like, it's not like totally normal to be like, Oh, here's somebody that like, here's a, a high school guy. Like I was usually doing it in a group too at our church. But like that was a good life skill to learn still regardless. So It's an excellent life skill to learn. Like after I first had a job in preschool and then I ended up going into HR mm-hmm. and a lot of my preschool skills I could use in HR because I have to try to get someone to do what I need them to do yeah. in a fun, warm way. So they want to do it. There you go. That's right. Yeah. And I didn't know it was even a, it seems like more of something I've never seen. I've never seen it anywhere else, but then when the high schools integrate those, is that like a life skill class? They call it career and technical education. There you go. Yeah. So something, yeah, that makes sense. I like that. I think it's great. Um, So with with children's ministry, specifically at SMCC, um, I was thinking just through, you know, even just things that I uh, have questions about or even things that I think parents or other people that are, you know, attending SMCC might be thinking about and trying to understand more about. But one of the questions that I had, I was just thinking through, because I'm not sure I totally understand it is how do we create, you know, environments on Sunday mornings where kids can learn something? Or, or basically the question might be, how, how do kids learn? Like, how do we take a, a, an understanding of that and say, how do we implement that into Sunday mornings? Because you don't just want to be, as far as I know, just babysitting. It's not just like, oh, SMCC kids is just babysitting. It's, it's more than that. So, like, how do you guys look at Sunday mornings and say, how do we know, understand how kids learn and then implement that into our Sunday mornings rather than it just being a babysitting, you know, classroom setting? 
Well, we know from research that children learn best through play, through movement, through music, through creating, through art. So we try to integrate all of those things into our classrooms. We have different things that incorporate all the ways they learn. So we're not just appealing to one learning style. We're trying to catch all the kids and how they learn. Okay. So just a lot of different pieces that are much more than sitting in a classroom like in a seat. Okay. Very cool. So every month we have a different theme and we try to incorporate that theme into our evi- into our environments by making them aesthetically pleasing and engaging for the kids as well. Okay. So using pieces of theming and, um, you know, different artwork, different decorations and things like that to keep it engaging, essentially. Yes. Okay. Awesome. And, you know, when, when kids are learning are, at SMCC Kids, is it something where... We're trying to, you know, I think that parents might think it's like this, like, or maybe that experience like this, right, growing up where it's like, okay, I'm going to constantly just try to get them to memorize things and go through things that are like kind of complex or like, what is the strategy for helping kids to learn something like a five or six year old at church who's just gone through a week of school? Like, how do we best balance that? So one of the really amazing things that SMCC Kids does is we have this phenomenal curriculum produced by Orange. Mm. And they are so good at the repetition that kids don't necessarily realize that they are memorizing and understanding these big concepts that because they Mm. deliver it in small nuggets. Okay, okay. So it's more bite-sized than something big. Yes. Okay. That's cool to learn. Excellent. Do you guys like, so So right now is the month of May, uh, just about coming into the month of June. So what has been like the theming or like some of those nuggets that, that kids have been able to learn and take home? So this month in our like first through fifth grade grouping, mm-hmm. um, we're talking, it's the theme is like a 5K theme. So we're talking about oh, yeah, I've seen that. Okay. practice and endurance and really trying to understand how, you know, practicing reading the Bible brings us closer Mm. in our relationship with Jesus, how practicing prayer brings us closer to our relationship with Jesus. And it's something that we have to continually build on Okay, through our lives. I've seen, I think, I don't remember which location I was at, but so even this idea of, I think I either saw it or heard somewhere like this idea of discipline, was it? I mean, fits into that kind of like, okay, so it might be hard, but you got to train for it and you got to like keep you know, working at it. Okay. That's very cool. Yeah. I've, I've seen the theming at our different locations for that. Um, this kind of race 5k mentality and things like that. So that's very cool. Have you guys looked at what the material is for next month at all? It is a press play theme. Oh, okay. Um, Beverly, do you have the details? I cannot think of that. I know. I'm putting you guys on the spot. That's fine. Yeah, no, I just know, like, I, I think the theming is is cool, and um, to be able to see it is is always interesting. So I just like that it switches from month to month, so no. it's not something, like, always the same. And, like, our preschool and early childhood education curriculum differs from the upper grades. Okay. So, like, the little kids were learning this year that God's way is perfect. So it was about jumping, jumping, and going God's way, and we have music videos that incorporate that, and then we have Bible cool. verses with hand movements that are super simple. That after watching it a couple times, the kids can recite the verses and it's like, yes, they're getting it. Yeah, they're getting yeah. it. And they may not understand now, but one day in high school when they're struggling, that verse may come back to them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, that's great. So just trying to give people a little bit of something that is, or trying to give kids something that's small, simple, bite-sized around a theme that is engaging 
and that is hopefully easy to remember. So that's cool. I like that a lot. Um, so with SMCC Kids, uh, I mean, what is it that you guys are trying to, I mean, we kind of touched on a little bit, but what ultimately, when a parent drops off their child for an hour, what are they trying, what are we trying to teach kids? Because I get that question a lot, and honestly, I get it more than I thought, because sometimes parents will come, they'll be like, are you going to teach them about, you know, this thing? Because they've grown up in a predominant religion that, like, kind of goes into some really, uh, really deep touchy topics like for for like church and they're like are you gonna teach my five-year-old about like this this or whatever you know and so like what are what are the things that are trying to teach kids i mean is it is it these big um like deep theological like things or are you trying to say like i'm trying to teach them like a, a simple thing which i guess we kind of covered a little bit but maybe just expand on that a little bit with uh what you're trying to teach them ultimately so I think one of, or the main thing is just to know God and to, ha- mm. you know, to find a, a place for him in your heart, um, to make him the center of, of your existence, mm. just to, to really, um, you know, become fully devoted and fully delighted for mm-hmm. the rest of your life. Sure. Yeah. So something just that, that kind of a subject piece where it's not as much going into the nitty gritty of things right off the bat. Right. To but, know, you know, know God and know that he loves you and he, he created you and has a purpose for your life. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Beverly, anything you want to add to that? I had it and I lost it, but I'm <laughs> thinking it was that like one of our key elements in early childhood is that Jesus is our friend. Mm. And I think a lot of times with other religions, there's a separation of God and that we're not good enough to talk to God ourselves. Mm. And Mm -hmm. one of the things we want kids to know is that Jesus is our friend and we can talk to him and he's always with us. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, we had talked on this podcast with Nick and Joe, which was episode one of this podcast, but he was talking about how the kids, whether it be kids or students, uh, and especially around middle school, this apparently is where they really start to like get into this, but they want to know that they are liked, that people like them, um, which makes sense. Like I can, I can think back to that time. Um, but then that concept of just, is Jesus my friend? That's a, that's a big thing for them to learn and to understand and an important piece for them to grasp and to be able to carry with them for their lives. So um, that's awesome. I'm glad to to hear that. Cause again, I'm not super involved in SMCC Kids Ministry. I have pieces of it that I am, but I love learning more about it as well. Um, so with uh, what you guys do um, with Sunday mornings, uh, primarily, that's probably the, the t- thing that spend, you spend the most time around. Uh, what kind of environments are we trying to create each Sunday? Uh, just for maybe a parent that's listening or somebody that's trying to understand, you know, would I ever want to come to a church like this? What are we trying to create? What kind of environment is it for that, for that child? Well, we want it to be a warm and friendly and fun environment. Like we want the kids to come and feel seen and feel known and feel loved. We want them to be making connections with other students, with Mm. their teachers, with their leaders. And we also want to come alongside the parents and support them. So Orange Curriculum is really good about giving us these tools that we email to the parents or little papers that we pass out telling them, hey, this is what we talked about and this is how you can take it further at home. These are the questions you can ask your kids so that they can have some kind of ownership of discipling their children. Cool. So an environment where even parents can, can be a part of that too. Correct. Okay. Excellent. Zana, what about you? What, what is it that you guys are working on or as that we're working on as an organization with this? I think, you know, what Beverly said about really 
helping parents disciple their kids. I, that is, you know, probably one of the biggest pieces in children's ministry is making sure that parents are on board. Gotcha. Gotcha. So trying to make sure, well, that's right. I, I, I always forget this, but so we talked about orange, mm-hmm. which is um, a curriculum from North Point, which some people might know the pastor, lead pastor of that church is Andy Stanley. Some people may not, but there's other people who will. Um, so I believe I'm not mistaken that it's the idea of, I forget which color is which, but there's yellow and red and one is the family and one is the church. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so when you mix those things together, you get orange. So there is an emphasis on trying to resource parents at the same time as doing things with kids on Sunday mornings and, and doing, you know, these activities with them, which I hope is, you know, for kids is a big big uh, deal to them and hopefully to parents as well is that you know everything that you guys have said so far is not um, <laughs> like how we try not to use the word Sunday school <laughs> even though that's a term that's probably familiar to all three of us here and a lot of listeners too like Sunday school oh you know I know what that is but um, the name the word school can have you know these kind of weird connotations to it uh, it's the classroom setting it's sitting down it's having your you know, your hands, you know, together across your lap and being neat and tidy, but that's not necessarily the environments that you guys are trying to create, really. I think that environment particularly lasts about 15 minutes in our Sunday (laughs) setting. Right. Um, We are much more active, hands-on, movement-based. Right, right. So a lot less of that, that, that maybe, and again, even maybe what you or I grew up in, Mm -hmm. uh, but much more of, we understand who kids are. We understand their attention spans are, attention spans are short. They need to keep changing activities to learn. And they're not learning through, through, through me sitting and viewing something, um, necessarily, but through activity and talking and moving and things like that. Very cool. I think as a society too, we've understand that kids don't learn best by just sitting and reading or being taught. Mm -hmm. because like even the schools are incorporating like wiggly seats and movement so it's something that we do do here (laughs) like we do here like I don't want to sit and just be talked at like I want to engage and have fun yeah and that's what we try to give the kids is something that's fun sure yeah I mean you want the kids to to want to come come back so and want to bring their friends too yeah absolutely yeah yeah for me I, I know growing up I mean I didn't grow up in a um I grew up in a smaller church and it had a great upbringing. I can't complain much uh, about my, my family or my church, but also at the same time, that environment, I don't think it ever popped into my mind really to be like, I'll invite my friend to this. <laughs> Cause to some degree I was like, I don't know if my friends would want to come to this. Right. Uh, so it just never even crossed my we mind. We want the opposite of that to happen. Sure. So the opposite. Yeah. Just being, I had so much fun. I would want my friend to come to this. They would enjoy it too. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's very cool. Um, I, I was thinking about this because I've been thinking a lot about my own, um, position here and the organization that we're in, that we get to be a part of, um, thinking about a lot of different pieces with this, but I was thinking about this concept of being on a team and working together. And I know that you guys are on a team with other people who are doing kids ministry, but also you're on a team really a lot with volunteers, with, um, people who come on Sunday morning say, hi, hey, I want to give up my, my time towards this. And what does it look for you guys? Um, just like with any team, what does it look like, you know, to work each week towards accomplishing a goal? 
Um, what does it look like for you and your teams and the volunteers that you have to say, hey, let's come together and let's accomplish this? Well, I'm sure Zana and I would both like to be able to copy ourselves so we could be in all places at all times. <laughs> sure. Yep, pretty sure. much. But that's not physically possible. So we have to entrust others. We have to find mm-hmm. people who share some similar passions and then even people that are just willing to like grow mm-hmm. and then come alongside them and show them like, this is how we have fun. These mm-hmm. are the activities that we plan to make you successful and to make the kids have fun too. Sure. Yeah. So work around um, trying to, to get those kids involved in learning something. Yeah. One of the key pieces we've tapped into too is getting our student leaders to come alongside and help in the classroom. Sure. Because who relates to a child better than a child that's a little bit older than them? Yeah. So yeah. they're really good about bringing the fun. And then we find some adults who are really good at being the adults. Yeah. And together they make an amazing team where the kids look forward to seeing their leaders each week. Yeah. No, that's that's excellent. Zana, what about you? Well, I think that, you know, one of the most, I feel like it's one of the most important ministries in the church. And mm-hmm. sometimes the label children's ministry throws the, like a wrench yeah, in the yeah. thinking because it's really generational ministry. We mm-hmm. have, you know, some grandmas and grandpas that come in and, and serve. They read stories and they really love on the kids in a, in a very different way than our like moms and dads who come in and are a little bit more strict and <laughs> want you to like follow some rules. <clears throat> and then there's the difference between our, our youth who come in and serve as well. Yeah. So it really, it really is this generational ministry and you know, we can, you know, measure success in that because it shows that, our ministry keeps growing mm, yeah. in not just in bodies that come into the ministry, but in the number of volunteers that serve in the outreach that happens within that group. Sure. And I'm, I'm sure with both of you guys too, even on top of it, I'm just thinking about what you're saying. You'd mentioned like, you can't, uh, you wish that you guys could just have a bunch of you, you know, in these classrooms, <laughs> duplicate yourself as you can't. Um, but in a sense then also, I guess, you know, there is some development that happens with your team as well to be able to say, um, you know, I want to help develop and train um, the people who, who want to serve and to help them to grow and to learn more and to um, continually be better at interacting and teaching kids. I assume that's a big part of your, your, your team as well. It is. I know that, and I'm sure Beverly will agree, we don't ever want to just throw somebody into a classroom. Mm. We really want to provide them with as much training as we can so that they feel comfortable Mm -hmm. to teach and love on these kids. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And then we also give our volunteers some flexibility. Like your wife, Mary Beth, serves with me in my fourth and fifth grade student Mm -hmm. room, which is Fusion. And she'll be like, hey, I have an idea. I want to do this for the kids that learn their Bible verse, or mm. I want to do this. And we're like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Let's mm. let's go for it. Let's run. That explains why when we go to Walmart to go grocery shopping, she puts a bunch of candy in the cart. Yes. Or that. <laughs> she, she always is trying to find nerds ropes, I think is what the yes, kids really like. Yes, the kids love those. I love those. <laughs> no, but like we want our volunteers to be successful so we're not like super strict and militant. We want, if you have an idea on something that you think is going to help you connect better with the kids, we're totally open to that. Gotcha. It's very much a partnership. Sure, yeah. And trying to 
you know, help those kids walk away with something and, and be excited about what they, what they did that Sunday. That's very cool. And I think one of the best gifts we give them is the gift of relationship. Like we're always trying to encourage our adults to join small groups because life happens in the small group mm. change happens. Those are the people that are there and the kids, the only way we're really offering a small group right now is consistency on Sunday morning. Sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if they can build those relationships where the leader comes in and is like, Hey, how was your soccer game yesterday? How'd mm-hmm. you do? The kids want to come back and want to see them. And then that also shifts from the babysitting aspect to the relationship where it's like, I care about these kids. Mm-hmm. I want them to be successful. And then they care about you and they don't want to disappoint you. Like Mm. they're so excited. Guess what? I learned my Bible verse this week. Right. Right. And it's cool that in in an environment like this, there is, there's better motivation um, for this. Cause I think in, in some churches, maybe in some faiths, some religions, there can be this kind of like guilt to doing Mm -hmm. this um, Mm -hmm. where it feels like I have to work with the kids. Like I, I have to, you know, in order to, to be a better person, in order to earn um, something with God, like I have to uh, do this. But I would think for a lot of your volunteers, hopefully most, if not all, this is a get to for them. There's actually a passion and motivation for, or at least an understanding of the importance of something like this. So I love that. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think people, especially who are maybe new to church or new to Christianity, Mm. can get a lot from children's ministry, even Mm. if they don't feel like it's maybe their their wheelhouse. Sure. Um, I think it's a great starting point for a lot of people. Yeah. And I've heard team members talk about uh, just how they learn from it, too. They get something from it. I've had adults tell me like, oh yeah, like <laughs> I forgot about this story in the Bible and I've never heard it explained so simply how this um, account of, of this interaction, you know, with this person or whatever can mean this for me um, or can give me instruction in this, provide wisdom in a situation like this. So I love hearing that adults even are learning from those Sundays. It's funny because the Bible is very magical like that. Like you can read a story in different stages of your life and each time you pick out a different lesson. Yeah. Like God can speak to you exactly where you are. Like for a personal experience for me is I had a leader one time when I was serving in the classroom Mm. and we were talking about Moses and baby Moses being put in the basket. And at a similar time, I was going through a situation with one of my daughters where I had to let her go. And it was, here I am sitting in this classroom with like Mm. third and fourth graders. And it's like God speaking to me, like, do you trust me enough? Will you put your child in the basket and Mm. trust that I will take care of them? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. I was talking to somebody at South Jordan, I think when I preached there last uh, two Sundays ago, and kind of speaking about, um, yeah, just something like God's word. And um, I think on that Sunday, we were talking about also like God's, you know, God's word is God's authority. That's how he's. Um, spoken to us and given us instruction. He was saying that he's going through uh, every man a warrior and how they memorize verses. And he's like, these are like verses that, you know, yeah, in every season, I've, I've heard this verse before, I've heard this story before, but uh, this season in my life, um, it has meant something different to me or I've been able to glean something, you know, specific from it in the, in the time that I'm in right now and the situation is. So, yeah, it's absolutely a good thing to, you never can have too much of that and, and trying to teach it or at least explain it to somebody can help you understand more and more of it as well. So very cool. I love that. 
I've interacted with parents um, on Sundays and I see a lot, a lot of times I'm, I'm meeting new families and helping them at our campuses and chit chatting with them and things like that. And I've always thought if, you know, if a, uh, if a parent were to ask me, you know, what is, what is one thing I want or our ministry wants kids to walk away with each Sunday? And we've touched on this a little bit, but what would you say if a parent came to you and asked you that? Like, what is, what is something that, that you want for kids either this Sunday or each Sunday to take away um, and, and take home with them? What would you say to that parent? I think I would say, for me, the biggest thing is that God is their friend and God mm. has a real place in their life. Mm. Uh, yeah, big. It's more than just having God be something far off and distant, but um, he, you can have a relationship with him. Yes. Yeah, that's a great thing to be able to start learning early on. Beverly, what about you? I think I would add a little bit to the fact that um, God loves you and he loves you just as you are. There's nothing you can do mm. to earn more of his love or to mm. lose his love. Yeah. yeah. That he loves you and he has a purpose for your life. Yeah. I mean, we even want adults to understand that same mm. concept because uh, it can feel like this transactional relationship a lot of times where I have to do something specific or if I did something you know, wrong, then now I have to make up for that. Um, and even for a kid, you know, maybe they might view God as like, I don't know, like another parent or something, right? Because, you know, as a mm-hmm. parent, you know, sometimes like, hey, you shouldn't have done that. You know, I'm going to have to, you know, uh, punish you, you know, for that or, t- you know, take away, you know, whatever it is from you, uh, video games or whatever. But, um, but to understand this very unique relationship with God and that his love is not dependent on um, the actions and things that we try to do, maybe sometimes to get his love. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, big deal. No, I grew up in a Christian church that was super conservative, and I always thought that, hey, if I'm a good kid and I read my Bible and I go on a mission trip and I do all these things, mm. then God's going to bless me. Mm. So when I had hardship come, I couldn't understand why, if I was doing my part, why God didn't do his part. Right. But that's not how it's supposed to be. God tells us we will have troubles, mm-hmm. and it doesn't depend on whether we're faithful to the things he called us to do. We mm. are going to have troubles, but he will be there with us. Yeah. He promises that. My wife went through a similar, you know, very, you know, short explanation of the story there, but she went through kind of the same thing where, um, yeah, she just grew up thinking that as long as she stayed on, you know, quote the right path Mm -hmm. and was on this, this direction that God had for then, you know, in some sense, in some way, in some sense, maybe subconsciously God owed her good things then, yes, you know, I can totally relate. <laughs> so there is that transactional, you know, piece there. So yeah, what an important concept for kids to learn so they don't get stuck mm-hmm. in that rut there. That's, um, that's awesome. Um, you know, kind of a question that I'm thinking through, um, you know, as we're starting to wrap up is what are some of the values that we have as a, not only as a church, but as a, as a ministry for SMCC kids, because values really drive our actions, um, in, in a ministry or in a job or in a workplace, what are some of the values that, that we have for SMCC kids? Well, for starters, we don't want church for kids to be boring. We want yeah. it to be fun. We want it to be engaging. We want it to be something that they look forward to. Yeah. Not something they have to do, but something they get to get do. to do. Yeah. So trying to get uh, to some degree, the fun, the excitement, the passion in there, which goes probably for a lot of people directly against what they think that 
kids ministry is. Yes. And we've had multiple families tell us that they were on the fence. They tried SNCC and then Mm -hmm. their kids loved it. And their kids are like, no, I want to go back to that Mm -hmm. church. I loved it there. I had a good time. And then the parents then get to know more about what, who we are and what we believe. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember if I shared this here on this podcast, but, um, my wife was telling me that there was a, a kid in her fourth and fifth grade area that he, uh, the mom was saying that she can hear him. Um, you know, I don't remember when it was, but talking to his Alexa and saying, remind me to practice my Bible. Yeah. Practice my Bible verse. Yeah. Yeah. So he was like looking forward to, cause there was going to be candy involved with it, but I mean, it's, I assume just as much he's having fun doing that activity too. So that's, that's really cool. Zana, what about you? I think one of the other things that, you know, we really try, we strive for here at SMCC is making people feel like they belong. And Mm. that is equally as important for our children's ministry. Sure. From the time the family walks in the door and comes to our new family info desk to the tour down the children's wing to Mm. entering the classroom, we really want these kids to know that we want them to be here. We want to share in this experience with them. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, wow. That's, that's a great explanation. I love that. And, um, wanting to make sure that they understand the pieces of it and understand just all those things. That's, that's great. I love that. Um, is there anything else that you guys are, are thinking about that you want people to know? You know, I don't want, uh, I don't want people to feel like they've been, I don't know what the word is bamboozled into, you know, listening to this episode and then being like, now we just want you to, to join kids ministry, but there's so much more behind, you know, this, mm-hmm. uh, than just that. But I mean, what is it that just motivates you guys, um, to, to be in the position that you are? That's funny that you say that. Cause I was just talking to a friend at church on Sunday and I'm like, Hey, like we need some more helpers. And she's like, deer in the headlights. Like I am so afraid of children's <laughs> ministry, yeah, but it's yeah. like, when you think about all the things that kids are facing these days, with the pressures of social media and the rise of suicide and just this like do people like me now you it's actually there's a measurable tool on social media where you know if people like Mm. you or not like they're just bombarded all the time and if we can give them the hope that Jesus loves them and that God has a plan for their life and that's the most important thing then we can change the world one child at a time Mm. we can make a difference Wow. And I think that's what motivates me, like even on the darkest days, is that there's a kid that may be struggling right now, may not feel loved or seen or known or valued, mm-hmm. and we can provide that for them. We can help someone else. Yeah, absolutely. That um, there's something so important in that next generation. And um, Eric has said this before, that, and, it, and it sounds kind of um, pretty bombastic to say, I guess, but like, he says the gospel is always just one generation away from from basically dying out. Extinction. Quote. Extinction. Yeah, extinction. Yeah, yeah, you know, because if the next generation doesn't carry it on, that's just what, what's been happening for the last 2,000 years. Generation after generation has been continuing to carry it on to explain the hope and the purpose of the gospel. And so it's important that as we continue to grow and move on, we don't neglect that next generation. Mm-hmm. What about you, Zanna? I think I I totally 100% agree with Beverly, but one of the things that keeps me going and that I love so much about children's ministry is watching the kids leave the classrooms Mm. on Sunday mornings and just the excitement that they get to tell their parents what they've learned. Mm. They never like, I don't, I don't recall a a child leaving the classroom with like their head down and they're super sad or, you know, depressed looking. They always have this very joyous look on their face and they can't wait 
to show their parents or tell their parents about the activities and things that they did. And I'm hoping in that, that it, you know, sparks this conversation on the way home Mm. that the kids can really tell their parents like, Hey, I got this concept. I know this about God. Yeah. It just popped into my mind. Hopefully if parents, um, are hearing that from their kids, that then the important piece is, as we talked about, you know, discipleship and becoming fully devoted and fully delighted. I hope that then when parents hear that from their kids, they stop and think, oh, what did I learn from church today? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes like, I've, and I think this is somewhat common with parents that like, yeah, you know, we weren't really church people, but then we had kids and now we're like, well, what do we teach our kids? So now mm-hmm. we need to start going to church, right? And so right. now, you know, and so I hope that even for people that are listening that um, maybe are thinking, oh, you know, it's children's ministry that important in that path of discipleship. I mean, one, yes, for kids to understand these concepts and to start being rooted in them at a young age. But then two, um, how much more can that help the parents um, and their steps in full devotion and full delight to think, okay, if, if my child's learning something, what am I learning? What am I taking home? What am I, you know, what is my next step? Um, so it works both ways too. So I hope that people can hear that and understand that. Yeah, we have a family tradition after church that we come home and eat. We actually get to eat out, but we eat out at home because mm. of COVID. Yeah, oh yeah. But we all go around the circle like, and just talk about what each of us learned or what mm. our favorite part of church was. Sure. Absolutely. Wow, how important that is to spark those types of conversations with families. That's very cool. The very joy cool. in children's ministry is contagious. I and bet. We love that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. Very cool. Well, guys, I'm, I'm really glad that you guys got to come on today to talk about this, um, to share a little bit about what you do and what we do across our locations and just the purpose that unites us, um, no matter which location we're at, whether it be as far south as St. George or up in West Jordan International, they use the, the same stuff as well. So um, just the, wow, what important part of ministry people always think well it's the person on the stage giving the message it's the people in the band um but just as important those pieces with our with our children as well so thank you guys so much for your time and appreciate you guys being on here thanks for having us yeah thanks absolutely well listeners thank you again for being here with us again today we're, we're excited to be like i said just about at the milestone milestone of ten thousand downloads um and it's because you guys are listening and sharing and subscribing so thank you for that and really just enjoy having you here with us each week as, uh, as we go through this new season. We'll be taking a, a week off this next week for Memorial Day week, but we'll be back uh, the following week with uh, with another guest uh, from our staff and uh, think that you're really going to join it. So stick around, make sure that you're subscribed and keeping the new episodes popping in, and we'll see you again next time. Take care. Thanks again for joining us for the Fully Delighted Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, Please subscribe, give us a rating, or share with a friend. For more information about SMCC, please visit our website at smccutah.org. Thanks again for trusting us with your time, and we hope to have you back again soon.